This is a Triple J podcast. How are we feeling today, Pete? I'm feeling a bit better. I think I spent about like nine or ten hours in bed. Yeah, the last time I saw Pip, she was on Sunday and she was a shell of a human. (laughs) There was vom. (laughs) A few hours before, she rocked up to work. I actually can't believe that I did spew because I don't normally do that when I'm hungover. You're in your party girl era. It's so sad because I feel like we're in complete opposite eras because I've decided to not drink this month and to be really health. Where I'm like literally bring me back to namaste immediately. Oh, like but- I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Party yourself Like at the to time namaste. I'm like I'm having a great time and, but I just get carried away. It's so funny. We were just like in complete opposite places. Like you were ordering like the greasiest food and I was like here's my salad. <laughs> I know I was so upset I wanted a salad as well. But just so you know we've we've stopped like we're you're, back you're in, in recovery we're in recovery we're in remission i went for a run today oh hello i i'm back in my namaste okay um so it's all gonna turn around for me for at least the next two weeks and then i have a 30th <laughs> i'm stoked so. to, i'm stoked to have you back um <laughs> i'm also in my part of my health era is in my stop people pleasing era oh yeah because you we both are people pleasers but i'm like yes. i'm gonna stop and that's part of my like Boundaries, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but it kind of suits this episode. Oh no, totally! Because like we're talking about faking orgasms Which today. Maybe they faked it because they just didn't want to hurt the other person. And you and I are chronic people pleasers, so surely you faked an orgasm before, dude? I couldn't even count the amount of times. Really? Definitely. With like randoms or partners? Um, both. I just, really? I'm scared of hurting people's feelings, and also just yeah, my own journey with like that was fraught with like insecurity yeah yeah. I've definitely done it before as well but mainly like one night stands where I'm like this isn't gonna you know like I'm like this is just I can't be bothered teaching you okay we need help you listening need help let's get into it Okay, so kicking us off on this whole journey about faking it was actually a DM that we got. This person said, I've been in a rello with my partner for three years. Three years of fake orgasms. It's a long time. Right? And we put it up on our stories and we got so many replies. People were pissed. Mm. They were either like, you need to stop this. Or there were other people who were like, I've been there. This is really relatable. Yeah. So obviously we did a poll. You know we love a poll. Yes. Uh, And we asked, have you ever faked it? 67% of you said yes. And here's why. Sometimes you just have to fake the orgasm because you want it to be over. You've had your fun and they're still going and you're bored and you're just over it. I once faked it the morning after a one night stand. At night we were both pretty drunk and I didn't really notice but in the morning um, we started having sex again and I could taste that she smoked cigarettes and I usually don't like it anyway but at this point I was really hungover as well and feeling really sick and so I just couldn't do it so I just said yep I'm done rolled off and quickly took the condom off and put it in a tissue and into the bin and evidence or lack of evidence gone making it seem like you're really having a great time can speed things up a little bit so sometimes you just gotta fake a little couple of noises and make it seem really really great and that'll just get them going a little bit quicker because when you're getting a bit bored and you just want to go to sleep, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I know as a guy, I felt uncomfortable with it, didn't really know how to stop sex if I didn't come, so just faked it. So I always used to fake orgasms when I was hooking up with people sort of casually, 
Um, and I even started doing it when I first got with my boyfriend, who I'm still with, and we've been together a while now. I think it just kind of came from naturally being a bit of a people pleaser and that just translated to the bedroom basically. I just kind of felt this pressure to keep the mood passionate and natural and smooth. I've faked it with everyone I've slept with. It was more of a me thing than anything, like I just didn't want them to feel like disappointed or something and now it's just kind of turned into a habit. <laughs> Yeah, I do have to say the habit is hard to break, especially if you've been keeping that up for a long time. But yeah, surprisingly as well, or unsurprisingly, we had a lot of guys message us and be like, yep, I've done this too. Yeah, there was 54% yeah. said that they faked it. But it's definitely more common for girls or people with vulvas because it's just, it's easy to pretend. And this is something that Laura Miano, sexologist and founder of Sex Toy Posmo, agrees with. There isn't this like visual event that happens where with a penis, you know, there's ejaculation. There's definitely cultural reasons why it happens less for people with vulvas and women, but rather than address some of the more harder topics, like not experiencing pleasure and stuff like that, it can just be really easy to fake that orgasm and no one will know. And that's what I often find that it happens more so with vulva owners. So you might have heard Laura actually mention the cultural reasons as well. And what she's talking about here is what's widely known as the orgasm gap. It's basically because women don't achieve nearly as many um, climaxes um, as men do in mm. general. Yeah. I think there's a study that was done a couple of years ago from the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy that said that 50% of women were unsatisfied with how often they orgasm and around 80% of women struggle to orgasm from vaginal sex alone. And Laura told us a couple of reasons why. It comes down to, you know, so many different things, but I would say the main one is people not understanding women's pleasure, not understanding women's bodies and just kind of an overall culture of shame around women experiencing pleasure because that kind of leads them to not advocate for what they want. Yeah, we got this voice memo from Stacey who said that she has only ever orgasmed once and it was from someone going down on her. Not sure if it's just hard for me to orgasm from penetration or they're just shit. Yeah, I mean, it is just hard for everyone. Like penetration, it's so rare to climax from that. So it's definitely just not you, Stacey. It could be that you're just having shit sex and no yeah. one's going down on you enough. Yeah, but we are going to chat about that a bit later, how to make the orgasm gap smaller. So let's go through some of the main reasons that you told us. As you heard before, one of the big ones is just you want to get it over with. <laughs> you're either just you're fucking bored or it's just like you want to watch the show. You're like, yeah. you know, when you start off having sex, well, you watch a show and then you start having sex. And you're like, no, I want to go back to the show. <laughs> like I want to get it over and tell me. Usually I'm thinking about food. I'm yes. like, if it was before dinner, I'm like, oh. I really want to eat right now. <laughs> So if you are dealing with this right now, um, Laura has some thoughts. I mean, that makes me sad. Like I would ask that person, why are they having sex? You know, are they having sex just to make their partner happy? And I mean, like everyone is allowed to do what they want, but I would encourage them to think about is, you know, is that the kind of sex life they want to have where it's, it's for another person? I feel a little bit called out. <laughs> I saw your face change. You were like, oh, oh no. <laughs> Looked down at the ground. Laura's not happy with me. Um, but if it's a one-night stand, bit of a different story. 
this is the thing, like with faking orgasms, you are within your right to fake it if you, you think it's the best option for you. And if you are having a one night stand and you, you're, you just don't want to have that chat, maybe it's late at night, maybe you want to go to bed, maybe it's someone that you don't really want to see again. If you think that that's the right choice for you, it's it's okay. You don't have to be the spokesperson for closing the orgasm gap. <laughs> I do kind of agree with her on this. I think, yeah, like you do have a right to just be like, no, nah, it's not my burden to bear right now. Because a lot of the time we're just like, oh, the mental load. Yet again, I have to teach somebody how to pleasure me. And also you are individually very different to a population of people they might be hooking on with. I don't know. True. I kind of disagree because I'm like, I I have done this before with one night stands, but now I'm like, you should send them out into the world a better sexer. Do you know what I mean? You should, yeah. You should actually, because everyone's different, but you should give them the basics (laughs) if they're way off. Oh, yeah. If they were like send them Send them back out and be like, no, no, this is how, this is what yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, okay, let's talk about if you're in a relationship. This is what Laura said. If it's with someone that's more of a long-term partner, I would say you want to invest in that sexual relationship. So in that case, you know, maybe, you know, just saying, hey, I've got to be honest, like, you know, that that wasn't actually super amazing for me. And yeah, I guess just learning to broach that topic of pleasure. Okay, another super common reason you're faking it, which might be why you want it to be over with quickly, um, is because the sex is just bad. Yeah, and Laura feels really strongly about this. If the sex is not good, speak up and let that person know. I mean, it's, it is also on that other person to check in and, and ask how you're feeling. But, you know, perhaps if you're faking it, they, they might not be able to to check in because they might think you're you're loving it. So you don't have to lie about that. If you're not enjoying it, that is that's something to talk about and that's where it also comes down to you know people find talking about sex and problem solving during sex really scary and really uncomfortable so i would encourage you know people to get more comfortable with that and that how that happens is with practice starting small starting saying a few words and then building it up from there um but you don't have to put up with bad sex also it's not always the case but if the sex is bad and you're not turned on you're not aroused. We know it takes about 20 minutes for vulvas to become completely engorged. I know that's right. <laughs> you can hurt yourself. Oh, definitely. You get like micro tears. The friction is so uncomfortable. It's so bad. And that can cause things like thrush, bacterial vaginosis. Is that how you say it? That's right. All I know is it's BV. BV, babes. And I know it's fucking hell. It's not good. And, yeah, you're completely right. I think another huge reason that we have to cover and one that I personally relate to a lot, and I think you will as well as a people pleaser, comes from a good place because you really don't want to hurt the other person's feelings. When someone brings up, you know, that maybe they weren't pleasuring them in the way that they thought they were, that people can feel insulted by that. It's almost, you know, people's emotions around sex are just not developed enough or not mature enough. And again, the way that you develop that maturity is through practice and through broaching those topics. And, you know, you can do that by explaining that you appreciate that they care about your pleasure and they want to make you feel good. But let's, you know, get this hard topic um, over and done with and talk about how to actually get there. A lot of guys... In the DMs, one of the main reasons that they were faking orgasms said that they were just taking too long, like delayed ejaculation. Uh, There have been instances where I have faked it. I'm someone who takes quite a long time to reach orgasm. 
Delayed ejaculation or taking too long to come is something that Laura treats a lot with her clients. A lot of the times it comes down to helping people identify their needs, what their pleasure is in at a certain time during sex, what they really need in that moment. Their bodies might be doing something, but they might actually need something completely different. They might need to slow down. They might need their partner to touch their neck or they might need their partner to stop doing this certain thing that they're doing. So a lot of the times it's about um, getting people to listen to what their body is telling them to do That's step one. But then the second step is to then advocate for that and assert that. Okay, circling back as well to the orgasm gap, which we were talking about earlier, um, a lot of gals told us that they've never orgasmed before. So that's why they feel like they have to put on this little show, a bit of performance, and it makes it easier to fake it at that point. You know, maybe for someone that hasn't orgasmed that feels shame around it, faking that orgasm might be an easier approach, whether it's one night stand or long-term partner. I'm also one night stand. It might be too triggering to talk about it. So, you know, they might fake that orgasm to kind of like avoid discussing something that's quite triggering for them. But if there isn't much shame associated with it for you and you do kind of want to speak up and say something, uh, Laura says you can say this. Just letting that person know, hey, I haven't orgasmed yet and um, I really want to. Can we try and figure that out? Right. So like Laura said, uh, it is up to you whether you want to keep faking it or if you want to have the conversation. But so many people were in our DMs, D. In capitals. Swearing. All caps being like, stop faking it. And they were staunch about this. I've always been a firm believer of never, ever faking orgasms because, one, why would I want to reward someone for not giving me an orgasm at all and making them think that they have? And two, my sexual pleasure is just as important as my partner's. I need her in my ear. I need her. I need that on repeat. I need that to be my fucking ringtone on my phone. My alarm clock because I get up in the morning. First thing you think about. Oh, my God. Obsessed (laughs) with her. (laughs) But, yeah, we talked to Laura about this as well. And she says if you want the most out of your sex life, then you need to stop faking it. Because sex is about pleasure, ultimately. And... When you fake an orgasm, you're displaying a certain level of pleasure that's not really there. So if you want to have the best kind of sex that you are capable of, then I would say stop faking orgasms so that you can take away that distraction and actually start focusing on the real things that make sex the best it can be. Love that. How do we do it? Where do we start? Laura recommends by yourself. Start solo. Masturbation is a great way to learn what you like and to also get you in the practice of noticing what your body is telling you, noticing where you feel good and then acting on that. And that whole process, noticing, acting on it, the more you do that with masturbation, the easier you can do that with partner sex. Yeah, so once you figure that out, you can then start to talk to your partner about it, especially during sex as well. So these are some of the things you can say. I know you love it when I feel good. Can I show you how to do that? I really want to feel like super turned on. Can you help me get there? You know, it can, it can be sexy. It doesn't have to be these like clinical kind of statements. That thing you did to my body last time was so good. Do you think you could do it like that, but maybe even add a bit of X? Mel, who you heard before, the staunch never fake it. She's obviously 
a pro at this. I always make it a point that whenever I do have sex that I always ask for what I want. So whether that be the person goes down on me or they're fingering me or touching me or nipple play or whatever it may be, they're doing something to help me get there. And at some point I'll start to touch myself and they'll help me. And just by them being a part of that process is exciting and my partner normally finds that hot. By the way, if you are the partner in this situation and you have a hunch that somebody is faking it, here's a couple of things that you can say. I mean, you could say things like, I love it when you feel good. How can I make that happen? Let's have some fun. What do you want to do next? Um, You could ask, am I doing that right? You could also say like, you know, I noticed your body or your facial expressions kind of change. Are you still enjoying this? You could say something like, you know, how can I turn you on? Obviously, when we're talking about the orgasm gap, we're talking specifically about headers sex. Headers? Sorry. (laughs) What's that mean? You know, I love a, just abbreviate everything with a Z. Um, Heterosex. Yeah. So, yes, it is obviously like all queer people can experience faking orgasms too. For sure. A lot of my gay guy friends do it. But, yeah, under heterosex, it's easy to play blame under the play the blame game under the patriarchy right yeah with everything going on like that can be valid you know it's very valid yeah but at the same time laura does say it takes two to tango i think it's a two-way street i think it is on the other person to say hey what do you like how can i make you calm i really love you know when you feel good like what can i do It is on that person to do that, but then it is absolutely on the person that's faking the orgasms to communicate and and let that other person know what they do and don't like. And look, sometimes people don't know what they like, but that's okay. Even just saying, hey, I don't know what I like, but do you want to try to figure it out together? What if you've been faking it in your relationship for years? Like our OG DM that we got here. Yes, let me remind you. Been in a relo with my partner for three years and three years of fake orgasms. What do you do? Because this is really tricky. How do you tell your partner? I think the fact that you're ready to have that conversation or you're at least ready to think about it shows a really positive first step. So be proud of yourself for doing that. And I think take some of that vulnerability into the conversation. You know, you can start by saying, you know, kind of pointing out that you love how they they want to make you feel good. And, you know, you can say like why you've been faking it. You know, you haven't wanted to disappoint them. And then you you can say something like, you know, I just want to be really honest because I want us to have the best sex life possible. But, you know, in all honesty, I've been faking my orgasms but I really want to stop doing that now because I want to figure out how we can, you know, really work on our sex life um, and work on it together. So kind of talking about why you've done it, why you've been doing it and um, approaching it with, you know, you're having this conversation because you want to work on your sex life and you want to work on it together. I love that. I think just being vulnerable. Hello, Brené Brown squad. (laughs) Um, always like is beneficial like if you say to them and it's you know say it's been years and you say like look this has been really really hard like I've just been so scared to tell you and you just be vulnerable with that like Mm. I don't know how can that be taken the wrong way yeah I also think that's like the only way you can do it like I can't think of another way apart from leading with that to be honest yeah but here's the thing what if you sit them down and you tell them and it goes really bad like they get upset because this happened to Sam 
My boyfriend and I had been dating for three years at the time when I apologised and told him I had been faking it, hoping for us to start over, but instead of being able to work past it, it actually ruined our sex life. His confidence was shattered and now we never have sex because he doesn't trust that I'm being truthful anymore. Is there a way out of this man? Oh, that's really hard. It's a hard one to hear. Like, honestly, I feel for both people in this, it's really mm. tough. It's so, so hard. And, like, that would have been such a hard conversation to have and to hear. I know. Obviously, we put this to Laura. Here's what she had to say. I mean, it sounds like, yeah, it, you know, it has hurt her partner's feelings and that's okay. You know, we all have feelings for a reason. So I would say try and you've got to try and juggle those two things. One, you know, advocating for your pleasure, which you deserve. But on the other hand, also being sensitive to your partner's feelings. But I would encourage you to be resilient through this. You know, obviously it is hard that your partner has, this has hurt their feelings. But if you can really be assertive and back yourself while also offering them that space to talk through those concerns, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. And, you know, if you find that you're really not able to get through this, Book in for sex therapy because maybe having a professional help you um, help facilitate those conversations could be the way out of that, you know, rut that maybe you found yourself in. We live in a culture in head of sex um, that promotes that sex ends when a guy comes. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, as we've been hearing, one of the reasons why you fake it. It's taking too long. You're bored. Delayed ejaculation, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like it's all on the guy's watch, which is frustrating. And this is something that Alistair used to struggle with. Like he used to fake it because it was taking too long. But now he's got a new partner and they're all about the journey, not the destination. Yeah, I think like there'd be many guys out there have experienced where, you know, they don't seem to be reaching climax. And it can be kind of like a strange feeling because, you know, sex really typically ends when a male comes. But, yeah, with my new partner, I've talked a lot about how, you know, it doesn't have to finish an orgasm for either of us. It can just be such a intimate and pleasurable time as it is. Yeah, Laura says that there's really easy ways that you can have sex where it doesn't end in someone ejaculating. You can say, hey, I'm not going to orgasm, or you can just start slowing down. And there doesn't have to be any shame in that. Like, start slowing down and start kissing them and looking them in the eye and start, you know, caressing their cheek and then start talking about how that was a really nice experience. Also, let's just actually take the pressure off having an orgasm completely because it's not really that helpful to anybody. It's about the pleasure in between and, like, the intimacy there. Like, yes, it's great to have an orgasm, but also having one shouldn't be the complete focus of your experience. People are so afraid to tap into their like rawest sexual selves and people follow sexual scripts. They follow these certain things that they need to tick off in order for them to think it was a good sexual experience. So when that kind of like framework is taken away, people are like, oh my God, I don't know. I can't trust my feelings out here. I just, I'm so used to like thinking my way through this. So yeah, it can be really, really hard to stop some of those habits when they can make you feel like you're doing the right thing during sex. But Laura also said there's research out there that shows it's not actually an orgasm that people said made the best sexual experiences. It's all of these things. Being present 
focused and embodied, having connection and being in sync, deep sexual and erotic intimacy, great communication and increased empathy, authenticity, transparency and uninhibition, transcendence, bliss, peace and healing, exploration, risk-taking and fun. And the last one is vulnerability and surrender. All right, Pip, Rasmussen, yes. take away, go. I will have to say, I just want to give everybody a gold star for all the praise kinks out there. <laughs> you did such a good job on these DMs. Everyone was so articulate, like really well thought out. Like, And vulnerable I love it. Yeah. and so open about just being like, yeah, I've yes. done it. This is why. Yeah. And um, also a big thank you to the guys as well who contributed because I know that this is probably not something that you may talk about normally. Yeah. But like, yeah, appreciate your um, point of view as well. My biggest takeaway is... Like some of the actual examples that Laura gave to say during sex, mm. it can be so easy to get someone to to want to give you an orgasm by just encouraging the behavior. A hundred percent. Thank you so much again to everyone who contributed. We will catch you next week. DM us. Oh yeah, and rate us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 